Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are tonight, whatever it is, or today. We're going to lock the birds up real quick. They're going to get a little noisy. I don't like it when I come out after they're already up. Oh yes, I Tom. Very excited. Sorry to bore y'all with this. I figured it might entertain a few of y'all at least. Oh, good grief. <laughs> you would think that I was attacking them. When in actuality, I'm locking it up so that they can't get attacked. At any rate, we're going to go for one of our little walks. Uh, it's a little chilly, so this may not be a long walk. I think I've mentioned this story. If I have, though, I can't remember if I have, forgive me, but we had a CO in the Marine Corps, commanding officer in the Marine Corps, who just absolutely despised staff meetings. Well, or so he claimed. His staff meetings were so long, I kind of wonder if that was really true or not. But he always threatened, said he had seen another commanding officer do it. He always threatened to force us to put our hands in a bucket of ice and we could only talk in a staff meeting for as long as we could keep our hand in that bucket of ice. Never, I don't ever recall him actually doing that, but that was his threat. We have one puppy dog on the walk, the Black Knight Fighter. She's here. Where the other one is. No children's, no wifey right now. So we'll go. Uh, For those of y'all that as always, I, I just I can't overlook this. I feel like continue to be here and give me a little bit of your time. Thank you so much for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast. Had a pretty good week last week for our little podcast. So thank y'all so much. Uh, I'm grateful and humbled and hope that you're getting something out of it and that our country is getting something out of it. We're going to go back to... Dewey, real quick, I wanted to tie up a couple loose ends, and so, we'll see, I'm not sure how long this is going to be. I want to go back, I I read through this quote at the very end of the last podcast, but I didn't really comment on it too much. This is from 1928, I believe. John Dewey, again, is the modern architect father I should say, our architect of modern public education in the United States. Status schools in Soviet Russia are the marvelous development of progressive educational ideas and practices under the fostering care of the Bolshevist government that require collective and cooperative mentality. The great task of the schools is to counteract and transform those domestic and neighborhood tendencies, the influence of home and church. So Dewey was a big fan of the communist schools in Russia in the 1920s. Went there, visited, maybe a couple times. I really don't know. Which should scare anybody uh, that any American educator would be impressed by the evils represented in communist education. 
so that gives you a pretty good idea of some of the problems that we're dealing with. Why? And a big deal here, folks, just it's such an honest statement. And uh, the modern American left is executing it so well. That is to separate children from their parents, their family, and most of all, from God. And we go back often, haven't talked about it, I don't feel like recently, but to the Supreme Court decision, 62-63, and before that, taking the Bible and prayer out of school, the, the whole lie of separation of church and state based on that one line from Jefferson's letter to the Baptist preacher, totally taking what he said and twisting it to mean what it never did, uh, twisting the First Amendment to mean what it never did, and so the left is just what they've done is they take little bits of truth and use them to pass the lie off. And we've allowed it. So, you, you know, you can make the argument that we're more in the wrong because we we've allowed God to be taken out of our schools, our institutions, our, our home life. We've allowed our children to be taken away from us more and more. That goes back to the quote from Lenin. I just, I, I really am going to start to talk about this more often. It's just phenomenal, particularly when you look around the focus on sex and athletics in our young people and just in our culture in general. We spend hours and hours, daily almost, folks. Really, when you when you divide it out, hours a day, watching athletics on our phones. Uh, looking at sex on TV, you know, and, and not in a good sense. Sex was created to be a good thing by God, but in, in a bad sense, in, in episodes and in instances that it's not appropriate. And we watch all this constantly, and that's what Lenin said to do. And that's exactly what we're doing now, 100 years later. And, and in a big part, through education. So we're going to read a couple more quotes. I wanted to go through that one first because it kind of gives an idea of how much John Dewey really liked the Soviet system. Uh, what a big fan he was of it. And so I'm going to read a few quotes. This is out of a pamphlet book that he wrote. Uh, the publishing date is 1929, Impressions of Soviet Russia. In consequence, propaganda is education, and education is propaganda. There are more been confounded, they are identified. So here he's saying, you know, we're going to push this propaganda, or, or the Russian schools are pushing it in their education systems. Education is propaganda, which really, folks, I mean, the revisionist history that started for the last 50 years in particular, where we go back and we completely destroy, you see it now, right? Like the Teddy Roosevelt statue being removed after 80 years from in front of the Museum of Natural History, I believe, totally destroying our heritage and our history. This is a tactic used again and again by communist and socialist countries, dictatorships across the world. Because if you can destroy the history of a place, then you can destroy the soul of that place. You know, that's really what we're fighting for. That's the reason that this is called the American Soul Podcast, because we're fighting for the soul of our nation, our ties to God, our heritage, our history. And the left is doing everything they can to destroy that. Whether they'll admit that in words or not, folks, that's what their actions are saying. Uh, the saying. That's what their actions are proving. And so here again in education, what we're going to do is we're going to push propaganda. We're going to push the lies. We're going to push that LGBTQ Lifestyles are good. We're going to push 
socialism and communism. We're going to push bigotry via critical race theory and identity politics. We're going to push feminism. We're going to push all this stuff onto our children in education. In this particular aspect, the work of the schools finds its meaning expressed in words one often hears. Nothing can be done with the older generation as a whole. Its ideology was fixed by the older regime. We can only wait for them to die. Our positive hope is in the younger generation. But the office of the schools in creating a new ideology cannot be understood in isolation. It is part of a reciprocal operation. Political and economic changes and measures are themselves during the present period essentially educational. They are conceived of not only as preparing the external conditions for an ulterior communistic regime, but even more as creating an atmosphere, an environment favorable to a collectivism or collectivistic mentality. So he's speaking about Russia here, and he's using a quote, that first quote up there, nothing can be done with the older generation. Our positive hope is in the younger generation. We're just waiting on the old people to die, basically. That's from Lenin that that Dewey's quoting. And you see this so clearly, folks, and we've abandoned, again, on the conservative side, on the Christian side, we've abandoned our children to this these evils. And the left knows it, and they're exploiting it. Because they know that every generation they get a hold of. That's why the school day has gotten longer and longer. That's why the attachments at school have gotten stronger and stronger. That's why there's this push to have everybody, these two-income families, so that the mother's no longer home with the children, right? All of these line up with the left again and again and again. And there's a quote, if we get to it, um, speaking specifically about this, you know, 100 years ago by Dewey about the separation from the family. And that first quote really laid it out anyway. <clears throat> we'll just keep going. So I, I'm just kind of going through some of these quotes by Dewey out of this book. Again, this is Impressions of Soviet Rus Russia that he wrote after visiting there this 1929. The traditional customs and institutions of the peasant, his small tracts, his three system farming, the influence of home and church all work automatically to create in him an individualistic ideology. In spite of the greater inclination of the city worker toward collectivism, even his social environment works adversely in many respects. Hence, the great task of the school is to counteract and transform these domestic and neighborhood tendencies that are still so strong, even in a nominally collectivistic regime. Again, he's openly saying that the point of the status schools, the socialist communist schools, is to separate uh, people, to, to destroy those ties with family and church, uh, saying primarily the point is because it makes them too much individuals. We don't want individuals. We want cogs in the wheel. We want units, as he said, in society. And, and the reason I'm saying it as if he's saying it is because he praised, and that's why I put that first quote in here. He said, you know, those state of schools, they're marvelous, marvelous wonders. And so this is a good thing. And this is the modern, the architect of modern education, the father of modern education in the United States. So we want to, we want to destroy that individualism. We don't want our students to be individuals. We want them to be 
you know, all exactly the same. We want cogs in the wheel, which is so ironic because the left talks so often about, well, you know, it's your truth from your point of view and your truth from your point of view and everybody's different. But really what they mean is it's fine to pretend like you're different as long as you are all really acting the same ideologically. Right. So just the separation of church and state again, folks, just the nonsense. And that's, that's what they're trying to do though. They're trying to completely separate our children from family, from mom and dad and from God. And, and we've just let it keep going. That thoroughgoing collectivists regard the traditional family as exclusive and isolating in effect and hence as hostile to a truly communal life as too familiar to require rehearsal. Apart, however, from the effect of the oft-recited Bolshevist modifications of marriage and divorce, the institution of the family is being sapped indirectly rather than by frontal attacks. Its historic supports, economic and ecclesiastical, are weakened. So... Right here, folks, again, economic and ecclesiastical, they, they're attacking, and they have for decades and decades, folks. They attack the family. They make it so that mom can't stay home anymore. You've got to have two incomes, or at least we pretend like we do. We feel like we do. Uh, we build a lifestyle like that, and then we've got to have somebody to babysit the kids. You know, we turn kids over at six weeks. We give them to somebody else to raise. We pretend like we are, but we're not because they see them. You know, six, eight, however many hours a day, 10 hours a day, and we see them, you know, maybe 30 minutes in the morning in a rushed hurry, and then we see them for an hour or two at night. So somebody else is raising our kids, and then we send them to public education, and again, somebody else is raising our kids, the school is. So we get them away from the family, and then we make it, we go completely against the founding principles of America, and we say we can't have God in the center of the classroom at all, right? And so we separate them from God in schools, so that they don't even know, you know, we don't teach Bible verses anymore. We don't talk about God. We don't make that the center of the day at school. And so the more and more we separate it there, especially as so many of these kids have broken families and they're not getting it at home, then we effectively separate them from God. So we're, we're separating them from the history and heritage of America. And, and this is what Dewey's saying has to be done. That's what we've got to do. I don't really know here, folks, what he's talking about, Bolshevist modifications of marriage and divorce, but I would assume that they're attacking those institutions. You know, they're making it like no-fault divorce today. We can speak about that. No-fault divorce is, is basically a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? That was never the intention. That wasn't what we were founded on as a country. We were always founded on monogamous relationships, one man, one woman. You know, you get married and that's the backbone, as Reagan said, you know, that's the cornerstone of our American society. And they're, we're undermining that at every possible turn. Our special concern here is with the role of the schools in building up forces and factors whose natural effect is to undermine the importance and uniqueness of family life. It is obvious to any observer that in every Western country, the increase of importance of public schools has been at least coincident with a relaxation of older family ties. What is going on in Russia appears to be a planned acceleration of the process. For example, the earliest section of the school system dealing with children from three to seven aims in the cities to keep children under its charge six, eight and ten hours per day and an ultimate ideal, although far from present fact, this procedure is to be universal and compulsory. 
if you don't realize that that laid out public schools, folks, uh, you need to go talk to a teacher or look at a school. So we made the school day longer and longer. We've made the school year longer and longer, six, eight, ten hours a day. We keep them away from mom and dad. We keep them away from their grandparents. We weaken and undermine those family ties. We destroy their relationship or their ability to have a relationship with God and Jesus Christ. So we're undermining at every turn the foundational supports for our for our nation, for our republic, right? And we're destroying those ties with the family. And then we throw in no-fault divorce. We throw in the fact that we've got to have mom working now, too, so there's nobody home anyway. And the schools take them more and more. And this is what Dewey laid out that was happening in Russia 100 years ago, almost a century, right? And he says that this is a great thing. This is a marvelous. These schools are fantastic. And that's the father or the architect of modern public education in America. This is what it's based on, folks. This is what the left has been doing for decades. You could make the argument for a century here. They're doing it well, and we're allowing them to do it. And as long as we continue to allow them to do it, to destroy the tie with the family, to require dual income households, to take them away from mom at, you know, six weeks old, however, keep them away, have somebody else raise them, make sure that God's not involved in that raising. So you're not getting it at home. You're not being raised by your parents. And then we don't have God in the mix at all. And then we throw in no fault divorce. So broken families. This is all exactly part of a plan to get to socialism and communism and get away from our founding faith and principles. And regardless of what our neighbors, family, friends, whoever you want to talk about, regardless of what they say in their words, well, that's not what I want. That's not really what we intend. That's not what we're trying to do. But that is what they're doing. That's what their actions are leading to, folks. We've got to get to that realization at some point, right? At some point, no matter how many times the alcoholic says, I didn't mean to get that drunk. You've got to look at them and be like, but you did. But you did, and there's consequences for doing that. And maybe that's a bad analogy. It's just the first one that popped in my head, folks. But that is where we're at. And we're going this direction with public education to the point where, just like our country, really, right, USSR, basically on the one hand, or a fight on the other. Now, there might be a third option with education. That is, if you can get school choice out there, if you can start to give parents back control, and if parents will take it, if they'll start to take responsibility back of these kids, if we could shorten the day and the year, if we can get these kids home with mom and dad more, particularly mom when the kids are young, we can start to make some drastic changes in the generations coming. And maybe, maybe that'll hold off a fight. Maybe. But this stuff has been here, folks. This is why it's so important to talk about. This is why I'm going to talk about these, particularly Lenin and this Dewey quote and some others, more often. Because as the Marine Corps said, we have to know ourselves, but we have to know our enemies. Well, folks, these are our enemies. They're trying to destroy our country. They're trying to destroy our children, if you really want to get down to it. And we, we've got to wake up and realize that. Have to. There's nothing loving or kind about ignoring it or pretending it isn't true. It's like the proverbial ostrich sticking their head in the sand. So, uh, as always, I've taken enough of your time. Y'all remember that you do have influence. And there's ways to change our lives so that we have even more influence. You know, we talk about these priorities and these, these hours. 
Take some of that time that we're watching Netflix or Hulu or on our phone or doing whatever it is that we're doing and give that back to God and give that back to our spouse and give that back to our children. We don't have to do everything. We don't have to be involved in every single activity out there. We don't have to go running up and down the road every single day of our lives. In fact, you can make the argument easily that we should be doing less of that and more of being a family. We have, you have influence, folks. You have power. You've got the ability to light a candle. And it's hard. It's so hard. I'm not doing, my wife and I, we're not doing a fantastic job of it. But we're trying. We're at least having this conversation. We're talking about it, folks. At some point, we've got to do more than talk, but at least it's a start. We've, and, and, but we've got to do it quick, folks, because, man, we're right there knocking on the door. So God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. Thank y'all so much for being here for this little walk, for taking the time. I look, look forward to it. I enjoy it. We'll talk to y'all again real soon.